This is the inaugural episode of, uh, I guess the the title is a little bit of a work in progress, but we're going with XFL Fantasy Guys for right now. As of right now, because we already had stuff recorded, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I am your host, Mark Weber. This is uh, Mason, who will be chiming in with his uh, hot tidbits on XFL and fantasy as a whole. Uh, Basically, we just started this podcast just because we're really into fantasy and uh, noticed that there wasn't a lot of content out there for the XFL. Uh, we've got years of experience in you know, redraft leagues, dynasty leagues, keeper leagues, you name it, we've done it. And uh, yeah, just uh, kind of decided it was time to put out our own podcast. Yeah, uh, not much else to it. Um, pretty much the plan for the pod we're going to run through weekly, at least once a week, uh, XFL fantasy news. We'll transfer in NFL news once the XFL is done. Uh, we'll hit some weekly game previews and recaps, run into the studs and duds, your waiver wire pickups, and then we'll get fun with a little bit of best bets. Yeah, best bets around the league each week. Um, not to brag, had a pretty good week last week, cleaned up about uh, $75. <laughs> no big deal. But uh, yeah, let's uh, let's just get into it. You know, you guys don't want to know about us. You want to know about XFL and fantasy and what's going on. So uh, yeah, let's uh, let's get into it. All right, so yeah, just starting out with a couple of uh, little tidbits on news and questions around the league. Um, right now, not a, not a ton of uh, big movement in terms of waiver wire pickups or anything like that. I think uh, Eric Dungey rejoined the team after his uh, or rejoined the Dallas Renegades after his brief hiatus for a personal family matter. But that's about it in terms of uh, name transactions. Um, oh, actually, you know what? That isn't true. We had a, a couple of CFL signings. Um, and, um, I believe it was, a uh, app state, great quarterback, <laughs> Armonte Edwards. I don't know about you, Mason, but I had a ton of fun watching him when he played at app state. I know he kind of faded out when he got to the NFL and had some, you know, he's had some decent success in the CFL, but, um, I don't know if you have any more, uh, um, yeah, on one him. more, I think, uh, Aaron Murray started to be back this week. So maybe a little uptick in the Vipers offense, but we'll see. They've got that roundabout. Yeah. Ridiculousness. Yeah, the Vipers got more than just Aaron Murray to worry about. So uh, we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, yeah, uh, another, the biggest question that we kind of uh, run into just in our social media, you know, explorations or, you know, just looking for content, things like that, is that a lot of people don't know where to play XFL fantasy football. And there is a platform out there. Um, a little bit bare bones and not the best, but you know the team works really hard on it. That uh, that does run it. Um, Mason, I don't know if you want to jump in and yeah, uh, go over it a little it's bit. AltFantasySports.com. Uh, it I, it came out last year when the AAF came out, and we used it. We actually had a league last year, mm-hmm. and it seems like weekly he just updates from what people complain about pretty much. And it sounds like maybe there's just more than one guy this year working on it, but last year it was definitely just the one guy. That's why. You know, Saturday morning, an hour before kickoff, it's impossible to get onto the site. Um, but 
as rudimentary as it is, it's the only one for season long. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, you're doing daily DraftKings, but we're going to focus on the season long fantasy. Yeah, yeah, that seems to be the biggest gap in content and just news available. So that's really going to be our main uh, focus, you know, for now. Um, hopefully, eventually, we can, you know, after the XFL, you know, winds down and we get into offseason stuff there, we can kind of transition into NFL fantasy, but that's uh, for another time. Um, yeah, uh, not really sure if, you know, big season-long platforms like ESPN, Yahoo, Sleeper, you know, all those ones are going to add in their own options next year. But for now, all fantasy sports does the job um, if you're willing to bear with all, uh, some of the technical, technical mistakes that come along with it. Um, yeah, otherwise you're just doing DraftKings or FanDuel or anything like that. Um, um, yeah. Yeah. In terms of, um, like the betting side of things, I know you're not always wagering money with fantasy, but I'm sure your normal, um, um, the normal way you were placing bets was available, but up for us here in Oregon, it, uh, we didn't have XFL last week. Or last week was the first week we could bet. So yeah, week, week one, was yeah, week one we, were, we were closed out. But last week it was available to bet, and going forward it is. So we're going to have a little segment every week on you know what we're going to be betting on. By no means are we experts at all, but uh, we're just going to give our little tidbit on what we think. Yeah, please do not rage comment or anything <laughs> like that if, you're, uh, if your bets don't go through and you decide to take our advice. We are no way, shape, or form <laughs> positioning ourselves on experts in uh, football sports betting. So um, take, you know, take all that advice with a grain of salt, it's just basically based on our, our uh, experience with sports betting, football betting in, in general so far, and, you know, just uh, a little bit on, on that. Uh, and it'll be a very small portion of the, of the show that we just kind of wrap up with. Um, so uh, that being said, you know, there's a lot to talk about. You know, I know we, uh, we're getting into this a little bit late um, with season or uh, sorry, week three coming around the corner here. Um, you know, two weeks behind us already. Um, let's just uh, go really quickly into some game recaps from week two, just to kind of set the table for um, all the uh, new information we're going to drop in terms of players and, and all that stuff uh, for week three. Cool. Yeah, let's hit some game recaps. And then um, I think going forward, we'll try and get the pod out a little earlier in the week. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. That would be a goal. We literally kind of just, you know, finagled all this uh gear together um you know in terms of microphones and recording equipment and all that stuff um pretty pretty uh recently so uh yeah apologies for the late uh, drop hopefully you can you know listen in time for to put some of this uh knowledge to good use um but if not um next week we're planning on definitely on either uh, a much earlier in the week uh drop for the next episode so bear with us one other thing to keep in mind we are recording this on thursday so if there's any news that comes out Later in the day or Friday, yep. definitely not going to be included. Yep. All right, cool. Let's move to the game recaps. XFL game recaps. All right. Thank you for the uh, the savvy uh, <laughs> game recap drop there, Mason. Those are uh, also homemade. Yeah. Bear with uh, us with the drops. Those are all yeah. uh, made today um, during my first and second shit. So <laughs> literally, uh, yeah, th- yeah, those will either get worse or better. We'll see. Yeah. I got, what, seven more weeks to go? Yeah. So. You know what, if you guys are feeling squirrely, you know, feel free to just drop your own drops for, you know, or segment idea names or whatever it might be, you know, use your content. Definitely. We won't shy away from uh, giving the people what they want um, if they uh, if they're so inclined to tell us. So, um, yeah, with that being said, moving forward into the uh, the game recaps, let's start out with uh, Seattle v. Tampa Bay. 
uh, Seattle, great home opener, a uh, crowd of almost 30,000 in attendance at the clink. Um, a great defense going on. It was mostly a defensive battle, you know, a lot of uh, shaky uh, quarterback play, you know, to start definitely from the Vipers in terms of their rotation between uh, Flowers and yeah. uh, Cornelius there. They couldn't seem to get much of a rhythm. Yeah, um, pretty weak. Brandon Silvers as well, um, you know, not great besides that I lone. think he only had seven completed passes in the game. Yeah, and I think about two-thirds of his yards came on the one completion yeah. to uh, Keenan Reynolds for the touchdown. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, awesome uh, reception, though, to see Seattle so uh, – so, um, so into uh, the XFL and the product that they're putting out, um, you know, we're uh, recording here from Portland, Oregon. So they're the closest to us. And, you know, we're, we were definitely in, interested to see how uh, that uh, uh, would all shake out in terms of the home opener. And oh, yeah. uh, definitely didn't disappoint with, uh, you know, them setting the, setting the bar pretty high in terms of, you know, good attendance, great atmosphere and things like that. Yeah, I think immediately after the game, we were texting each other. Uh, we're getting dragon onesies. We're taking the train. Yeah. The drunk train, and we're headed up to Seattle. We oh, got to yeah. get a CenturyLink game in with the Dragons while this is still a thing. So, Yo, yeah, yeah, look for us to be doing a, a show that's a review from us being at a live game coming up this season. Definitely. Yeah. Recorded from the drunk train <laughs> on the way back, <laughs> that's of, a, of course. Definitely a possibility. <laughs> um, but, yeah, other than that, you know, it was mostly a defensive battle. That awesome pick six by uh, Frazier there at the end of the game definitely was an awesome uh, play to kind of, you know, put a stamp on that one for Seattle. Um, and then also with, uh, you know, the b- big t- t- pick, uh, six, pick six by uh, the Vipers, you know, <laughs> their lone touchdown of the season. Um, still yeah. trying to find that offensive touchdown. But like we said, they were uh, going through a lot of issues with uh, Flowers and Cornelius. Yeah. And just nobody could really. I think if they just stick to one quarterback this week, which it should be Aaron Murray coming back, look for him and Truesdale to have a nice connection. And yeah. I think they'll put it together. Yeah. Um, let's Full see. disclosure, I did see that both of them were on the injury part. Um, so, um, you know, temper expectations. Right. But if Murray is back in there, I would expect to see just Murray running with it and uh, getting most of the uh, snaps with maybe a couple of sprinkles of, of Quentin Flowers kind of getting a gadget yeah. play here or there. But uh, there was, definitely. There were some times in that game that just made no sense. Like it was like third and eight, and they'd throw in a new quarterback. Be like, here yeah. you go. Good luck. Eight yards. And yeah. It just. The. The times that they were switching them made no sense. It was like yeah. they were they weren't giving them like one drive each here or there. They're literally in the middle of drives switching people out. Yeah, and I think uh, Tressman maybe just got a little bit too fancy, um, maybe feeling himself a little bit too much as a coach, um, which no clue where that kind of confidence came from. Uh, but uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see how it how it shakes out. You know, as it gets closer, definitely keep an eye on the injury report that's available on XFL.com for everyone to see. Um, they update that pretty diligently. So always a great place to check. Um, and then as I think after Friday practice, they list um, whether a player, a player is uh, slated to be in the game or if they're going to be sitting out. Yeah. So Friday evening, by that time, usually those injury reports are pretty solidified with, you know, Saturday games happening and things like that. And so keep that, in mind with the alt fantasy sports, if you're following along and using that, you definitely want to get your changes in Friday. If you're trying to do it Saturday morning, there's a very high possibility that the site's not going to work. Yeah. I don't know if anybody drafted on the site, but uh, you know what I'm talking about. So yeah, get those in Friday night once they've uh, come out with reports and whatnot. Yeah. Server bandwidth, definitely a little bit of an issue right now, especially <laughs> yeah. with them being a uh, kind of a startup site. So yeah, keep that in mind. Try to get those changes in um, Friday evening if possible. Um, 
but yeah, um, jumping from Seattle v Tampa Bay to DC versus New York. I mean, wow. I mean, there's not much to say about <laughs> this one. Uh, we all kind of, you know, by now are familiar with, uh, the McGloin meltdown and him throwing, you know, pretty much everyone under the bus under yeah, the sun. That was wild. Um, yeah, never really seen something like that. But again, hey, that's what the XFLs. You it's know, probably kind been of, the talk of the week. Like the, yeah. the sideline interviews finally gave us some real gold there, some juice. Yeah, exactly. And I think it was, uh, I mean, just awesome, kind of seeing that develop throughout the game, which was awesome because you know all of a sudden. McGloin is visibly upset on the sideline, and then they go and stick a mic in his face, uh, throws everybody under the bus. Uh, and then you, you know, see Coach going and sitting him down and talking yeah. to him, and then all of a sudden he's not coming back out on the field. Yeah, exactly, uh, after that great pick six that he threw, you know, after yeah. saying that everybody else was to blame. Um, but not to, you know, pile on Mr. McGloin a little uh, too much. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it takes a, a team effort to get shut out. So, um, you know, defense, you know, probably could have been a little bit better, although I think they did a good job of holding them in the game. Yeah, they, somewhat they in the did. second half. The fir- yeah, the first half was – I'd say good defense by both teams. The yeah. defenders got put in good positions because of their defense and maybe a little bit of McGloin um, not being able to move the ball. So, I mean, credit there. But, I mean, for the for the first half, I, I was into the game. I mean, obviously, second half, it turned into a blowout. Clearly, the Guardians weren't going to score. But to start the game, it was a pretty good defensive battle. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's a testament definitely to – the uh d- to both defenses really but obviously you know with you know dc putting up 27 points you know a little bit more towards them um i mean they just had kind of you know explosive play after explosive play they made special teams plays too as well throughout the entire the entire game so um yeah um i think you know guardians definitely you know need to go back to the drawing board uh, i definitely expect to see mcgloin back out there you know as the starter under the under yeah. center against uh st louis this week in the battle dome and um yeah i th- i think you know um cardale yeah. i mean do you have anything to say about cardale uh, no i, think he, I, I think mean he looks speak great. for himself yeah at this his point. his favorite target was what's his tompkins he yeah, he tompkins. yeah he was all over him this week that was clearly his favorite target so look for him to go back to it because it was so successful this yeah. week yeah. uh and then keep in mind both of these games on saturday hit the under we'll talk about that later in the show but with the vipers not scoring and the guardians pretty clearly very easily and under they're still putting the over under on these games are way too high. Yeah. Um, and then I think it was at this game we saw our first XFL beer snake in the crowd, oh, yeah. which was pretty, pretty like for the amount of people that were there, the size of this beer snake was pretty big. Yeah. I, and I think that was my biggest thing. My biggest takeaway too is like, my God, like there's less people there than there were during week one. Clearly, yeah, you could see it in the stands. But this off. beer snake, it looks like they collected a cup from just about everybody in this <laughs> damn stadium. Tell. It was crazy. But you know, that's been the one of the cool <laughs> cool things about the XFL is like you're seeing like fun stuff like this happen. You right. know, on you, the side, like week one, you had Cheese Guy. <laughs> you know, just out of nowhere, you know, ripping cheese slice singles definitely, and throwing them out to players. Definitely not something that's televised in the NFL. No, Only, you know, that's something that you. That's the experience you get going to the game and they're kind of giving us that yeah over the tv which is great yeah awesome i mean i i was thinking about this earlier and i, I won't pretend to, like i came up with this on the spot or anything like that because i definitely didn't but um yeah uh, you know they call the nfl the no fun league i think they need to call the xfl the extra fun league <laughs> extra fun. because that's what we're getting with like you know between the drama of you know the mcgloin type you know uh fall during that game and then you got the beer snake and then definitely you know other characters throughout and you know the other games too as well so absolutely um yeah extra fun league you know the oliver luck <laughs> came out and said this time the x doesn't stand for extreme it doesn't stand for anything but i'm putting a stamp on it right now extra fun league 
Cool. Um, yeah, moving right along to Roughnecks v. Battlehawks. I mean, talk about the game of the week. This game was awesome. Um, it was the highest-scoring game of the weekend. Roughnecks have put up the most points and forced the over two weeks in a row. I think they're actually the only team that has hit the over yeah. um, so far in both of their games. All the other games, I believe, have hit the under. So um, something to uh, to keep your uh, your wits about, you know, if you are planning on you know put, laying down some action on these games. You know, the Roughnecks have been the only ones to kind of hit that over. Uh, the only ones with enough uh, offensive power yeah. uh, to kind of you know get that uh, that line above that number. Um, I mean, PJ Walker on his own. I mean speaks for you know another right. another guy whose stats speak for themselves i mean pj walker seven touchdowns is an impo- outpacing entire team's touchdown p- right. production right now um so i think right the next closest is you know the the defenders with uh was six touchdowns or right. something Just like behind that him and that's as, yeah. a, as a team and that's as a team yeah right. that's that's between rushing and passing and the, um yeah so. the battle hawks in this game so i didn't get to watch it but i so i'm giving you a, my stat box review but i'm pretty sure uh after looking at it they had more first downs, more yards, more rushing yards. They almost they let in almost every category. It seemed like maybe they just couldn't finish their drives. I, I didn't get to watch the game, but I, I look for them to be uh, one of the top contenders going forward. They put up a great game against the Roughnecks. Yeah, definitely. And and I did watch the game, you know, albeit you know a little bit loosely. But um, yeah, I mean, it was an awesome game, and I really think it just came down to PJ Walker being a little bit more experienced than Jordan Tamu. But um, Jordan Tamu, in his own right, is having an awesome season. You know, I think he's been the most accurate quarterback so far. In terms of completion percentage, um, you know he's also you know rushing like a madman right now. I think he's like third or some third or fourth yeah. in the league in rushing, and he's a quarterback. So I think that in itself speaks volumes, um, especially uh, given the uh, lack of run production that the entire league has kind of put forward so far. Right. But um, no, still, no so, hundred yard games yet, right? Yeah, 99. I mean, uh, yeah, ninety nine with Cameron Artis Payne in the next game that we'll preview or uh, review, I should say. Um, but um, yeah, definitely uh, some good football in that one definitely the best game of the week in terms of just entertainment from you know quarter one to quarter four um so yeah i you know definitely could be a championship game preview you know early in the season and i would love to see this matchup again you know if it was uh as entertaining in the uh the championship in houston later on in april so um yeah i think um you know going going forward definitely look for tomu to you know continue his trend hopefully he can kind of push the ball down the field a little bit more uh i know they're kind of living on a lot of uh you know screen game and you know gadget plays and kind of things like that but you know what it takes a lot of uh it takes great coaching to get that level of execution down yeah his rushing yards are going to be a great baseline if yeah he's going to be the number one fantasy for season long yeah at least absolutely nobody else is rushing like that yeah I, and I, I was thinking about this during the game too, and I hate to make this comparison just because they're both from Hawaii, but I think yeah. the way Jordan Tamu is playing um, and the production you're kind of seeing is exactly what people had hoped that Marcus Mariota would be able to translate into the NFL. We'll see what um, he can do. <laughs> but, you know, he might – that's another story. Again, don't like to make the comparison just because they're both Hawaiian quarterbacks, and then, you know, but at the same time, I think they both had similar styles of play. And um, Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. that's what they, the same style of play they grew up playing. So, yeah. All right, um, yeah, moving on to uh, Wildcats v. Renegades. Renegades took uh, a dub in L.A. <coughs> 25-18 over the Cats. Um, another game that hit the under. Uh, yeah, you know, right off the four. It was yeah. a close. You know, they it was definitely looked like a lock for the under. You know, pretty much through three quarters, I was pretty I was sitting pretty comfortable, anyways, and then got a little uncomfortable towards the end of the game as the Cats kind of uh, got a little close to scoring on those last couple of drives, but you know, ultimately shot themselves in the foot. Elijah Hood with two big fumbles. Uh, 
uh, on the yeah, day, um, really which killed him. ended up hurting my fantasy team <laughs> as well, uh, being my first running back that I took, I believe. Um, but uh, regardless, you know, um, yeah, just seems like the Cats just kind of, you know, had a little bit of trouble getting things going. Um, Josh Johnson definitely make, made a difference for them uh, compared to their first game with, uh, who was it, Kanoff playing for the Cats, you know, in game yeah. one against um, – uh, who did they play in the first game? Oh, let me pull it up. That's not a uh, bad thing to have here. Oh, they played uh, Dallas. They played uh, Dallas. Or, yeah, Dallas. It was Dallas. Oh, no. They played Dallas this week. <laughs> Duh. Um, let me pull it up here. Yeah. All right. Um, but regardless, moving on. Um, yeah. The, you know, big big notes on this game. They played the Roughnecks. They played the Roughnecks. That's Sorry. Yeah. Houston. Yep. Houston. Other other uh, Texas team. Um, but, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, Big, big, big notes in this game is going to be Landry Jones, obviously, finally reuniting with uh, Stoops on the field, uh, getting to play for him again for the first time since uh, their time at Oklahoma. And, uh, man, did Landry Jones make a big difference. Um, you know, started a little rocky, just kind of like the the Cats did the whole game. You know, offenses just kind of looked like they took a while to get in sync with one another. And uh, But once that fourth quarter came, man, the points started flowing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Landry Jones, first 300 plus yard passing game it did um, not take long yeah. yeah yeah got right in there and made a huge difference right off the bat um so uh yeah that was awesome uh, completely different offense than what we saw you know with um philip nelson under um under center in week one it felt like how mummy the renegades offensive coordinator really felt a lot more comfortable opening up the playbook pushing the ball down the field things like that yeah, i um, think jones and spruce are going to be a great connection all year long yeah uh, all right Johnson and Spruce. Johnson and Spruce. That's yeah. what I meant. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, obviously with the big uh, performance from Cameron Artis Payne, uh, two touchdowns, almost had that almost. first so run 100 yard rushing uh, performance, one yard short at 99. Also with those two touchdowns, though, awesome fantasy day. Uh, someone to uh, be reckoned with, you know, in lineups moving forward. Um, and then on the other side of the ball, you know, Josh Johnson made a huge difference for LA. I don't know if you want to go in and talk about his performance, you know, a little bit though. I didn't get to watch Johnson. Um, once again, it's just kind of a stat line thing for me. Um, but Johnson is Bruce is something to look for next week going forward. I'm sure these aren't people that are going to be available. Um, considering there's only a couple quarterbacks and Spruce being, uh, leading the league. I think he's got 192 yards receiving already. So, mm-hmm. uh, through two games, he's almost averaging hundred yards a game. Yeah. And, and Johnson, you know, like we said, you know, definitely a difference maker, but definitely seemed rusty throughout and just couldn't, you know, make the throws that Landry Jones was making at the end of the day. Right. Um, you know, he had that one big, you know, big pass to, to Spruce, you know, over the top, um, which was awesome. But um, I think Josh Johnson should be fine moving forward. I think the Wildcats will be fine moving forward. Um, you know, they scored 18 points on a pretty solid Renegades defense. Um, you know, they're not the best defense, but still, you know, with him just kind of, you know, treating this as like his intro game and shaking off the rust i think maybe you might see another game where he maybe kind of middles and misses a couple easy hitters but i think by game three he should be fine um and also you know just with his experience playing in the nfl um and other leagues and things like that i think you know definitely someone uh worth starting you know pretty much week in week out um i don't think he'll have any danger of being you know benched even if he does have you know a terrible game here or there um he's the guy he's their guy all year it's not like the vipers or guardians where you can see some changes throughout the season yeah i think the biggest issue for la is just them um you know needing to generate some offense outside of spruce eventually teams are going to catch on 
and either start doubling or tripling him. Maybe I don't even know. But um, yeah, they got to get that running game going. Looks like they struggled to get that going again uh, this week. Um, but yeah, we'll look for uh, some improvement from the Wildcats as they take on DC next week um, in uh, LA. Another home game for them. So um, yeah, with that being said, I think that wraps everything up. And as far as our recaps, um, I know we're a little all over the place. You know, we're still tightening up this uh, this show doc and you know how we. Uh, how we run things but uh yeah bearing with us hopefully you guys are still finding the content good um you know we'll jump right into some studs and duds um again taking submissions for names of segments and things like that (laughs) studs and duds a little generic i know but here we go enjoy the drop or not technical difficulties let's see (laughs) like we said made them today all right one more time there we go All right, let me get your studs, and let me get your duds. Studs and duds. <laughs> All right, yeah, studs and duds. Again, drop your best uh, submissions in the reviews. We'll probably set up uh, like a fan submission email or something like that and make sure we get that posted. Yeah, too. I'll make an email tonight or something, and we'll, uh, we'll kind of, once we... I don't know, solidify this name situation. We'll lock down like some Instagram and email and whatnot so we can post some shit and take some emails and suggestions and whatnot. But we'll get that done this week. Yeah, on the fly within three days creating (laughs) all this stuff. So, uh, yeah, Um, again, we want to make sure we're making content that you guys want to listen to. So don't be shy with the submissions or, you know, you know, critiques, whatever it might be. Uh, that being said, jumping into the studs and duds, the actual meat and bones of this segment, Mason, take it away. Cool. So I, I think what we should do is, so um, studs and duds, we both came up with a quarterback, a wide receiver, and a running back. Um, let's just, I'll run through the studs, or I'll run us through the studs. Uh, I'll go through my quarterback, you do yours, wide receiver, and so on. And then you can let's run us it. through the duds. All right, cool. So let's just start with uh, my stud quarterback, which we've already talked about a little bit this week. It was P.J. Walker, Philip Walker. Also just noticing, looking at the show doc, I've got Philip Walker. Cam Phillips and Cameron Artis Payne. It looks a little ridiculous. All right, so Philip Walker uh, from the Roughnecks. He leads the league after this week in not only passing attempts but touchdowns. Three of them this week. I'd say look for him to at least hit that two or three mark again going forward. Yep. Um, not much to it. We've already we've already kind of covered it. And Mark, who was your stud quarterback? Stud quarterback for me is uh, the guy on the other side of the ball uh, from him. <laughs> I guess the other uh, the other offense, I should say, uh, Mr. Jordan Tamu. I know I talked about him earlier. Um, Thirty for thirty-seven on passing. Uh, like I said, you know earlier, he's the, the, been the most accurate quarterback in the league uh, to date. Um, two hundred eighty-four yards, three touchdowns. Uh, ran for another eight rushes, 32 yards, and another touchdown. That's four total TDs. I mean, talk about a stud quarterback performance. I mean, the dude's putting up passing touchdowns, rushing touchdowns, rushing yards. This is the guy that, you know, people will complain about that um, quarterback scoring is broken in fantasy and things like that. Um, but, yeah, the guy can can do it all. He's totally taken me by surprise as one of the top passes in the XFL. I thought he would have been the worst just kind of coming in you know, not he had an okay career at right. Ole Miss, but you know, I think he, you'd classify He's him as better known for his rushing. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I'd classify him as you know a jag, just a guy. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, but uh, yeah, he's been nothing but a straight up gamer. He's got that strong, silent type leadership where you know he doesn't say much on the sidelines or you know within the game, but you know he'll get hyped when he get when he breaks off one of those rushes. 
uh, needs to protect the ball a little bit more. Um, you know, a couple of turnovers, um, you know, in the mix there that ultimately cost him, especially they had, um, you know, that big uh, turnover on the uh, free play that he thought that he had. Right. Uh, kind of threw the whole, you know, deal into, uh, you know, the, the, f- the finale of that game into a little bit of uh, controversy. But, you know, um, I think at the end of the day, you know, a, awesome you know fantasy performance for uh, for week two i'm surprised that this wasn't mentioned during the broadcast but when that free play happened it immediately reminded me i don't know when it was but patrick mahomes this year um saw that somebody had jumped off sides and while the play is going on while he's like i think panning out to the right or the left he looks behind him to see if the flag was thrown before deciding what to do that's some next level shit yeah let's see if (laughs) see if tom has got the uh, chance to do it again yeah hopefully he can uh maybe take a take a a number from uh from Mahomes on that but you know i guess there's a reason he's playing in the xfl too um you know no 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 offense to my stud qb of the week jordan tomu you know great great week i know regardless so um yeah cool. why don't you uh, go ahead and yep. hit your wide receiver stud of the week all right my wide receiver stud was cam phillips uh, on the receiving end of philip walker with the roughnecks uh he leads wide receivers with four touchdowns um through two weeks he's got 18 targets 12 receptions and 130 yards i think that puts him at third in front of him was uh, rashad ross and spruce so sitting nice at third definitely uh, behind spruce he's uh running away with it, but Cam had a great week, really connected with Walker. Uh, not much else to say about it. Who's your wide receiver? Yeah, wide receiver, I'm going with the guy you just mentioned that's number one in the league, man. Uh, Nelson Spruce, nine targets, six receptions, 89 yards, and two tugs. I mean, he had that contested long bomb, um, which was awesome. Um, you know, Spruce has been someone, you know, during his NFL time and even his time at Colorado, really, um, people really saw him as more of a slot dude, but I mean, he just made an awesome play downfield, um, and he's made a couple of plays downfield now, um, you know, not going over the middle necessarily and, you know, into the teeth of the defense and of those linebackers, but, you know, taking the top off. Um, so awesome to see that, um, you know, kind of progression from Spruce and that diversity in terms of his uh, his route tree and uh, the progressions he's making there. Um, definitely a dude already you can kind of see that's probably going to be in an NFL training camp at the very least, you know, come, uh, come August. Yeah, definitely. All right. Let's, uh, let's hit the running back studs. Uh, mine we've already talked about, so we'll be quick. It's Cameron Harris Payne with the renegades, uh, just short of that hundred yards. He had 14 rushes for 99 yards paired that with two TDs. Uh, I think the most impressive thing or the thing that's going to affect, uh, you guys playing uh, fantasy this year is he had five receptions yeah. on five targets. Yeah. hundred percent. So I don't know what his, uh, his numbers were with receptions in week one. Uh, but I'd say it worked out pretty well this week. Yeah. Uh, and I think uh, they mo- mainly went to Dunbar uh, week one and yeah. a little bit in week two, you know, with the, you know, in terms of passing out of the backfield, but yeah, showing that pain has that, uh, if res- he, yeah, if he takes over that and he's a three down back, that's going to be huge. Yeah. And it kind of seemed like that's what they were trying to get out of him. You know, at least from what I saw in the game is like, they're like, they want this dude on the field for three downs and, you know, only to have to, you know, run on Dunbar or whoever else is, you know, behind him, you know, and, and if, you know, if artist pain needs a, needs a breather. Um, yeah, uh, in terms of my running back, um, I'm going with, uh, and I know this is a little bit of a cop out, but I feel like it, uh, it's justified, but, uh, I'm gonna go with the dragons running backs specifically, uh, Kenneth Farrow, Trey Williams, um, both of them averaged four plus yards per carry only combined for 90 yards. Didn't have a lot of touchdowns, lots of positive plays though. Like these dudes, you could tell like the offense was running through them in terms of like moving the ball down the field when they really needed them to on those early downs, setting up, you know, some 
third and or second and mediums, third and mediums, things like that. Um, you know, definitely, I think that the Dragons are a team that need to focus on, um, you know, the run a little bit more. I mean, that offensive line was awesome last week and they were missing two starters and they still, you know, handled that uh, aggressive Vipers defense that was just blitzing almost every play. Um, they handled it pretty well. Yeah. And um, I think that they need to definitely, yeah, just kind of focus on these guys. So this is more of a, or a, a stud, you know, and uh, that I'm, you know, saying that um, in the future moving forward, they'll probably, you know, be getting a little bit more work. Um, you know, they didn't have a ton of touches. I think it was about, 10 to 12 each yeah something in that um you know but if they could both get you know 15 16 17 i think that's probably a better spot for them to be at right. in terms of you know um splitting up the carries evenly and, and keeping the offense guessing with yeah. pharaoh's ability to just kind of run people over and williams got the uh they got the jukes and the moves um and don't don't quote uh you know, count out Jaquan Gardner either. You know, he's definitely got the jukies and can uh, can give people a shake. You know, at the line of scrimmage and bust one. So, yeah. um, you know, definitely I see Farrow and Williams as the the one A one B, and um, you know Gardner bringing up the rear there. One one note on them um, working in the yard today, listening to podcasts. Uh, I believe I was listening, and they said that um, Farrow and Gardner are both on the injury report this week. So Williams alone might get the whole the whole shebang. So uh, look for him to have a good week going forward. Yeah, yeah, they definitely have a, a little <laughs> bit of an, an even split right now, which might make it a little bit frustrating for fantasy owners. But I think that um, you know. Farrell Williams are both startable, you know, whether it's flex or an RB2, yep. um, you know, in terms of rankings, you know, I think that they're pretty interchangeable. So um, I don't think you'd get a bad performance out of either of them if you played them uh, this week against uh, against Dallas at home. Time for them dudes. All right, dudes. Uh, my guy talks for himself, quarterback McGloin of the New York Guardians. I hope you didn't start him. It was something like negative two point something points for the week. Ouch. Um I mean, we, we already covered it. The sideline reporter covered it. Everybody saw it. Let's move on. Who's your quarterback? <laughs> yeah, talk about everybody seeing it. Uh, uh, yeah, another little bit of a cop-out here, but, you know, since they both split the split it evenly, I, oh, yeah. d I believe they both deserve a, a fair share of the blame. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no rhythm with the Vipers quarterback tandem of uh, Taylor Cornelius and uh, Quentin Flowers. Um Cornelius had a solid drive, I guess, you know, where he moved the ball, got, the, got him into uh, – into uh the red zone uh couldn't finish and then at the end of the end of the game had a decent drive but ultimately threw that pick to kind of you know put a cap on the game uh in the end zone with that uh that pick by kyle caro yeah. um the dragons d was all over them pretty much you know the whole game you know they did you know the the vipers offense did you know outgain the the dragons all you know at the end of the day but you know still i think they just the Vipers need to get this all those QB situation. Dragon onesies in the crowd, and they got scared. Yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> it was loud, and you know they even it said. Was. I think there was some points in the broadcast where they, you know, the sideline players, the players on the sideline, I should say, uh, were talking about how loud it was. It and, was very know, loud. It was. Uh, it was definitely an effect on you know their uh, their rhythm. Um, yeah, I even yeah. saw on uh, on Instagram. I, I followed a bunch of these players, uh, multiple players from the Vipers, posting. Uh, about how cool it was playing at Central League and how loud it was, even with only the lower bowl open. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I, I hadn't seen that. So yeah, that's that's pretty awesome. Straight from Truesdale's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your boy Nick Truesdale. He was actually a Portland native. Shout out Nick Truesdale. Somewhere up here. I don't know if it's Portland. I think didn't he rent a car from you one time? He used to work for <laughs> said rental company. And uh old Nicky Truesdale back in his AAF days came on in 
and rented a car from me. Pretty wild. Yeah. Got to talking about how he's on my buddy's fantasy team, and uh, he was not into it. All right. <laughs> wide receiver. Wide receiver duds. Wide right. receiver duds. Um, so this this dud has been a dud for two weeks, and it's kind of surprising. It's Mikhail McKay of the New York Guardians. I mean, he I mean had negative two points from McGloin throwing to him. I think we, so. Week one, he had eight points fantasy wise. Week two, six points. Uh, he was so good in the AAF that it's it's so disappointing to see such a slow start. But he leads his team in targets. So if New York can figure it out, McGloin can figure it out this week. We'll see what they do. Um, he should bounce back, but he's definitely been a dud. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I agree with that one wholeheartedly. Um, I think. Uh, did you have him on your AAF squad? Yeah, he was year? on my AAF yeah, squad. That, is he on your team this year too? Uh, he is. Yeah. Oh, okay. So you went with the, he, well, the tried and true. He was the first person I actually drafted. Okay. Because I couldn't draft because the oh, site yeah, was garbage. Right so. Yeah. Yeah. My first three picks were all Dallas players. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, I, I understand that. And yeah, I definitely agree. He's definitely been a little bit of a dud, you know, through two weeks now, not just this one week, but, um, signs of life, you know, right. with him leading, leading the team in targets. So, um, don't give up on, on him completely, but, um, definitely someone to uh to keep an eye on and maybe uh look temper your expectations there we go um all right my uh dud wide receiver um yeah another guy who's kind of been a dud for two weeks uh sammy Coates of the houston roughnecks uh four targets one reception for eight yards ouch uh i mean i think lots of people remember you know any you know casual fan of the nfl um or you know just the last couple of years can probably remember that awesome season that sammy Coates pulled out Right. Um, was he on the Steelers? Yeah, on the yeah. Steelers. Yeah, on the Steelers. He had a pretty good connection. He was a pretty good combo with uh, with uh, old AB. A couple of wild know. deep catches when AB is getting triple covered. Yeah, I yeah. mean the guy's got the speed. He's huge. Um, you know, definitely has the frame to be a threat. But for some reason, just seems to have an issue holding on to the ball. <laughs> um, gets open, but he just can't make the play. And um, you know, he's he's dropped passes. You know, on the sideline, he's dropped passes over the middle, and it's just hasn't been good for him. Um, definitely seems to be more of a, of a confidence issue. I mean, four targets, not a ton, but you know, that's, that's decent, you know, confidence in, uh, in your receiver that, um, you know, Philip Walker is at least, you know, kind of exhibiting towards him. So maybe he's, you know, balling in practice or something like that, you know, just kind of got to get him jump started. but, um, you know, definitely look for him to kind of hopefully, uh, improve, but, um, again, another guy. Yeah. Just temper your expectations for now until he kind of shows it on the field. Um, but yeah. All right, cool. Running back, dud. So, Kristen Michael, no surprise that he's on this lift list. He's with the St. Louis Battlehawks. Uh, he, he re, I guess you can call it a rebound. He rebounded from a terrible week one. He was probably the highest drafted person, I think. Uh, yeah. His draft percentage was like 100%, yeah. uh, at least for season-long fantasy. Um, but he has not returned. Um, no. He's he's stuck splitting touches. And, I, I mean, look for – him to take over going forward maybe we'll see if something happens to matt jones but right now they're pretty pretty okay giving both of them half the work like, yeah matt matt jones has looked far and away right much better than uh mr michael um the woke one <laughs> the woke one. shout out to the uh the fantasy footballers who uh you know kind of our first intro to fantasy football pods um but yeah uh Kristen michael Oof. uh ugly ugly week really just can't can't get jump started and maybe i mean 
he was obviously a high draft pick for the Battle Hawks. Yeah, I think his just name well. recognition is just blinding everybody to that he's just definitely not to me where he, he used just, to be. He looks kind of out of shape. Yeah, like he doesn't look fast or like able to really cut or anything right. like that. And it's just he's having problems like turning the corner when he's getting you know handoffs around the edge and you know making plays in space he's just getting closed on way too quickly um so yeah hopefully he can improve but uh for now uh matt jones the better play out of the st louis backfield for sure um all right my uh dud running back is gonna be uh elijah hood it's you at home hits me at home yeah um yeah i know we talked about him a little bit earlier um stat line for the game against dallas 10 attempts 31 yards 3.1 yards per carry um yeah, just all all around. No bueno. I mean, he cost him cost him the game, arguably. Too. Arguably did, yeah. With that key re- fumble in the red zone, um, they they had some momentum going, and man, they were really gonna, about to make a game out of it. And I was really disappointed because right. I thought that was really going to take this game into like, okay, this is like. Although I had the under bet, like it was still awesome to see, um, you know, the cats kind of you know putting the putting the pedal to the metal and starting to press Dallas a little bit. I thought we might get some overtime action, hopefully, uh, for the first time, but. Uh, wasn't to be. Um, I think he's he's going to be safe going forward as far as nobody's going to take his job. But, I mean, if something happens again yeah, close I mean, to that next week, he's guy, in trouble. The guy is an athletic freak. I mean, you right. saw the the play, the the athleticism when, in that week one game when he hurtled, you know, the dude. And you saw uh, in the background – oh, God, I can't remember his name right now. Um, uh, Brock Heward uh, in the background just kind of giving that whoa face. His face, um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think, you know, he's got the athleticism. He's just kind of having trouble putting it together right now. I don't know if it's uh, just a confidence thing or, you know, probably just needs some extra coaching. You know, fumbles and turnovers are definitely something that you can work on and improve for sure that we've seen. You know, a guy you know, like um, – Kareem Hunt, you had some, you know, fumble issue, you know, early on in the season with the Chiefs, and then boom, turn it around, held onto the ball for pretty much the rest of the year, and was fine. So good. I mean, I'm not saying Elijah Hood is, you know, Kareem Hunt in his rookie year by any means, um, but um, XFL yeah. Kareem, XFL Kareem, <laughs> <laughs> um, definitely has some athleticism to match. But yeah, um, having some trouble, you know, just kind of putting everything together. And um, yeah, for now, um, I think he, like Mason said. Um, He's, he's fine in terms of, you know, he's not going to be, you know, relegated to, you know, number two duties or third down back only or anything like that. <laughs> number two duties. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, let's see. We got a couple other, uh, you know. Best. So, yeah, of the remaining people, we've already kind of talked about three of them. Landry yeah. Jones, we've already talked about. Uh, Deontay Tompkins, he missed game one. So this was our first game with him, but yeah. we already brought him up. And then Cardale Jones, the only one we didn't talk about was Donald Parham. Parham. Yeah. Arguably the only tight end that's made – any sort of big yeah. moves you yeah. i mean you put him there uh, if you want to go ahead and say anything about him yeah i mean the dude's massive i think he's something like six seven or six eight out of you know diesel. S- some yeah diesel <laughs> uh some podunk school called stetson sorry stetson alums that are listening um uh but um yeah 11 targets man i mean that's just that's just you know landry jones trust this dude to just He's going to throw it to him, and he's going to come down with it. Um, you know, only had five catches in this game, but again, I think he's more of a raw prospect that just, you know, needs some time to kind of grow into himself and uh, build a little confidence in his own skills. And I bet you he starts going up and, you know, making a lot of those extra contested catches. Um, also had a touchdown, you know. It was a little bit of a dinker, you know, where he was at the goal line and just kind of, you know, had to, you know, reach the ball over. But still, awesome Awesome uh, target share for sure. Um, look for him to have a a big uh, a big game here against Seattle this uh, this upcoming week for sure. 
All right, cool. Let's run into some uh, waiver wire ads and drops for this week uh, for all of you that are playing alt fantasy sports season long uh, fantasy football. That one's not too bad. No, that's not bad. The audio on the, my voice is a little quiet. We'll also have to get some of your, your voice in there, too, so they're not just all me. Yeah. So uh, the way we'll run this uh, segment. Let's just, run these through quick, too. We're, yeah, just for future reference. Get, all right, whoa, whoa, whoa. Mark, Mark can't see it right now, but I want you to give me a guess on how long we've been recording. Um, I'm going to say, like, 40 minutes. 43. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll run through these just so we can kind of make sure that we have time for the rest of our, uh, our segments here too. I don't think we have too much more planned, but, no, not um, much. yeah, so we'll just run through. We've both each just got one ad, one drop. Um, there's not a ton of variety that's going to be out there for you to pick up probably on a week to week basis uh, just with how few players and teams there are. Um, but yeah, we'll give you our, uh, our most likely available players that, you know, made a little bit of noise and are probably worth a, worth an ad or uh, or a drop um you want to just run through yours and if i've got anything to add yeah, i will yeah. and then i'll so, run through mine cool yeah so uh i'll just go with my ad first and um i'm gonna go with josh crockett the dallas wide receiver um i know he only had two targets but he caught both of them for 57 yards um and they were both in kind of key areas of the game. So it seems to be like it's more of a, this is more of a, of a boom bust type ad, but he's comfortable throwing to him. Yeah. 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 Landry Jones, you know, came back (coughs) clearly has a little bit of chemistry, uh, with Josh Crockett. Um, but, um, yeah, I think, um, there's obviously that big play capability with only two catches for 57 yards. You know, he had a big third down conversion catch, that big catch down the sideline, uh, to get them out of their own end deep in their own end. Um, yeah, I was actually really surprised. I've, I've kind of been waiting for a Dallas wide receiver to kind of separate themselves, but everything's just been so even, you know, between, yeah. um, the pass catchers in terms of the, uh, the pass distribution that Landry was throwing out. Um, but, uh, yeah, a little bit of big play capability. I wouldn't, you know, put him as like a wide receiver one or two, but definitely throw him in the flex. And I think you've got, uh, definitely a potential for a big boom play that could just, you know, make your week and set you over the top. Um, so yeah, Josh Crockett, Dallas wide receiver. That's the ad that I've got, uh, in terms of a drop. Um, I'm going with Andre Williams from Houston. Um, huge name coming into the season, had an awesome career at Boston college, kind of fizzled out during his time with the giants in the NFL. Um, but through the first two games, um, you're looking at seven attempts for 12 yards and yeah. that is literally Pretty it. Weak. <laughs> pretty weak um even so, if he's super productive it's not enough yeah yeah uh, i don't know what he's looking like in in uh in practice i mean seven attempts in two games isn't a lot of confidence but at the end of the day the the offense that the that the roughnecks run with june jones uh the run and shoot offense there's just not enough carries to go around for two prolific rbs to thrive and currently right now james butler the nevada purdue alum um, has been getting a minor- majority of the carries um, and he scored a touchdown in each of the first two games. So, um, yeah, I think if anyone, you know, if Butler's out there, grab him because Andre Williams is not the guy. Um, yeah, those are my ads. Those are my drops. Cool. Add Josh Crockett, the Dallas wide receiver. Drop Andre Williams, the Houston running back. All right. So, for my ad, I'm actually taking a name from your duds. Uh, I mean, depending on your team, Sammy Coates is going to be an ad or a drop. If your team's killing it, you can drop him. Uh, if you're looking for something with some major upside off the waiver wire, he's an ad. Uh, and I put him down as an ad. So he has had, 
he had two catches in week one and only one catch in week two. Um, I think it came out that he might have been injured after that one catch and didn't really come back into the field. Um, but he's probably dropped in your league if somebody drafted him and their team is already doing well. I mean, in our league, and I don't think a lot of people are even doing a lot of moves. So yeah. if he got drafted, he could just be sitting on somebody's team, throw out a trade. Um, but he got drafted really high because of his name recognition from being in the NFL. Um, he's second in targets behind Cam Phillips on the team. He's had 13 targets, which is pretty huge they're even still throwing to him even though he's not catching the ball so i'd say look for some major positive regression he's not going to be three for 13 or he's not going to average that the rest of the year uh, that'd just be wildly low for somebody who yeah. played in the nfl yeah <laughs> you almost have to try really to, <laughs> to only that catch bad. three yeah. passes on there's 13 no targets. way and i don't know the validity of like what was a good target or not but yeah. you know, three for 13 that that's going to go up there's there's no way it doesn't yeah um so my drop was simi Cobbs, the dc defenders wide receiver um, on the defenders pass happy offense that's got a ton of options on the field to spread the ball to um, it, there's just too many people uh, through two yeah. weeks he only has three targets and he can pretty safely be dropped you're not going to even if those three targets are killer it's just not enough production yeah and I think also with the emergence of like we said earlier Deontay Tompkins having a pretty solid game yeah and uh, that, that's for that sure that kind of was his... the death death knell on him so right. yeah uh, all right yeah just like we were saying we're gonna speed this along um, we're gonna jump right into our week three preview yeah just wanted to jump through those a little quicker this is a little more important going forward we can spend some time on this and our best bets going forward all right all right all right all right let's get into it <laughs> oh man i hadn't heard that one yet that one's awesome. <laughs> That's cool. all right good work on that one that one's staying that one i refuse to move. um okay yeah just jumping into week three previews here um just the matchups going on around the xfl uh we've got houston versus tampa bay Dallas versus Seattle, New York versus St. Louis, and that St. Louis home opener. Really excited to see the crowd at the Battle Dome. I was going to say the Dome. Yeah, and then uh, D.C. versus L.A. Um, in a 2-0 versus 0-2 matchup. Um, yeah, we'll start with Houston versus Tampa Bay. Mason, take it away. Cool. Uh, Houston week one had 37 points and 28 points in week two. So I'm going to say look for them to roll through these Vipers. I'm um, listening to other podcasts this week. People are trying to say, oh, it's a trap game. Vipers are at home. No. The Vipers don't know what they're doing at quarterback. Uh, they, they've got so many other problems. Houston's going to roll through. Um, yeah. I'd say look for this to be a blowout. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. With the Vipers struggling to score, I'd still be pretty safe betting the under on this. We'll get to that in the next segment. But it's the highest scoring team versus the lowest scoring team. I mean, there's, there's not much to say. I think it's going to be a pretty – Pretty uh, straightforward game there. Yeah. Uh, let me pull it up right now. What's the uh, spread? Just to get it in here. The spread, yeah. Houston is favored by six and a half points. Oh, wow. I mean, and the over-under is 45. I, Tampa Bay hasn't even scored a touchdown yet. I On offense. I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that later, but uh, that's pretty high. Yeah, I kind of agree with that assessment. You know, I've, I've also been hearing the rhetoric about um, possibly being a trap game with Tampa Bay bouncing back. Houston is playing their first game on the road, so we don't know how they'll, you know, react on their first road game. I definitely think, you know, home and home and away has been a huge advantage for the home team, you know, this early on. I think we've only had two away wins, you know, through the first two weeks. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think definitely something to look at. And I think, yeah, highest scoring team, lowest scoring team. 
Yeah, yeah it's pretty it straightforward. Speaks for itself. And until the Vipers prove otherwise, I'm probably going to roll with Houston too. Um, yeah, moving along to Dallas versus Seattle, which I think has game of the week potential. Absolutely. Um, both of these teams, one and one, both teams averaging just over 17 points a game through week uh, two. Seattle's at home again with that great atmosphere that they've kind of started to cultivate at uh, the clink uh, up in uh, Seattle. Um, So, um, yeah, look for them to kind of build some momentum. Uh, I definitely think that home uh, atmosphere is a huge advantage. You know, I kind of already stated that, you know, home and away splits have been heavily home favored. Um, But, uh, yeah, I think if Dallas does win, they're going to have to, you know, put some points up on the Seattle defense, which is, overachieved in my opinion I think at least so. of what i expected i mean going into the, the year i'm pretty sure the dragons were touted to be the worst now it's clearly yeah. the vipers yeah and maybe the guardians below seattle um yeah. but i think with dallas coming to town it's really going to force uh seattle to throw the ball and uh definitely they've struggled a little bit so we'll we'll see if they're able to overcome yeah and they dallas does have the airway air raid working for them and uh you know with uh hopefully they can kind of keep the seattle uh defensive line which has been awesome you know on their heels a little bit they're gonna have to throw a lot of quick passes to avoid some pressure things like that um but you know how mummy great offensive coordinator i think that he's more than up to the task um seattle's really got to f- get uh some sort of a groove going on offense too i think yeah they haven't played really good enough offense um with any sort of consistency i know Silver's got hurt at the end of that defenders game in week one and kind of didn't really practice a ton during the lead up to week two. Um, so maybe that had some effect on, you know, his rhythm and, you know, being able to connect on some of those passes. But at the same time, I think Seattle, most of all in this game, just needs to try to figure out their identity a little bit better. Like, are you guys going to go heavy on the run and just right. kind of commit to it? Or are you still going to try to sling it around the yard with, you know, Brandon Silver's who might not be a hundred percent. So I also think too, with how, you know, rough of a start that uh seattle or uh, silvers had uh for seattle um you know i think he had under 100 yards passing yeah um you know he might be on a short leash so if he struggles early you know you could see some bj daniels but um you know we don't know what how that offense looks with him in the game outside of you know i think a drive or two maybe um at the end of that uh defenders game so um yeah um any thoughts on dallas seattle no i just i agree yeah if, if they're struggling and they're gonna have to pass and dallas goes up early and he can't do it. Yeah. Definitely look for a, a switch. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think he's going to rely a lot on his running backs, um, who were your stud of the week. So yep. um, if he's able to pop it out to them as an option, if he's not able to throw it down the field, that could work. I mean, it worked last week. We'll, we'll see how it rolls. Yeah. I think uh, one person, too, to look at, too, um, is Austin Prohl to ba- bounce back. He had a great week one, was virtually invisible week two. So yeah. hopefully he can get a little bit more involved in the game. I don't know if that was game plan to go away from him or not. But, um, yeah, I think he, they'll need to get him involved and at least create some sort of a dynamic threat with Reynolds and and Austin Prohl there. Um, but, yeah, moving on to New York versus Seattle. Or, sorry, uh, St. Louis. Louis. Uh, apologies there. Uh, New York versus St. Louis, game one in the battle dome the return of the long-awaited return <laughs> to football in st louis i'm pretty excited to watch this one even though you know it's going to be on tv i um, hope the atmosphere is you know just like seattle's i like i hope that yeah. they just come out oh yeah me too me too and i think they definitely have the potential and if not you know just to be just a straight up you know doing it out of spite to Stan Kroenke who moved the Rams <laughs> right. from, you know, St. Louis to, to LA. But, um, yeah, I think this is going to be a huge matchup in, for New York. They even, I don't think that they're going to win this I, game not at all, at all uh, especially with how poorly last week went, but they need to at least, you know, put up a fight in this game for people really to, you know, 
keep them, you know, in mind for, right. you know, future success. They can't throw up another goose egg. They can't get goose egg. They need to, they're going to need to score at least 20, uh, I think, bottom line. Uh, at 20 a minimum, to, minimum keep up. Yeah. to keep up with I Tom think St. Louis is going to turn it around. I mean, they stat-wise, if you would just look at the stat line, they would have been the team you would have picked to win the game last week. So yeah. if they put up the same game, they're going to have no problem. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, not really sure. I'm, I'm sure or not really sure about how long of a leash McGloin's going to have in this one. <laughs> we'll see how his sideline uh, reports think, go this I week. I think they left him out there way too long last week against, <laughs> against D.C., um, I would have hooked him after halftime, especially after learning about, you know, all of his comments and whatnot. But, um, that's why I'm not a coach in the XFL, I suppose. But, um, <laughs> that's the one reason. Yeah. Why. Uh, if New York does win, they are going to need to very much slow the game down, matriculate, keep Tomu off the field and his dyna- uh, dynamic, uh, you know, dual threat abilities. Um, I think New York does have a, a solid defense. Like I said, like we said earlier, they, they kept, you know, kept right. it respectable, at least, you know, for the defense, you know, uh, against DC last week, but, um, they're going to have to control the game. They haven't really shown an ability to, you know, be willing to stick with the run by any means whatsoever with, uh, Tim cook being their, their, uh, lead back right now. But, um, they just got to find a, a groove and stay on the field for a long time and keep Tamu and, you know, his, his abilities off. And I think that's how New York wins this game if they can. Yeah. Um, otherwise I just see St. Louis throw, playing backyard ball against them. And uh, just kind of, uh, yeah. It's yeah. going to be, let's try out our favorite plays this week. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, New York put up 23 points against the Vipers in week one. But other than that, you know, the goose egg speaks for itself. St. Louis has gradually gotten better. Um, yeah, and like Mason said, you know, they if you look at the stat lines, the, you probably would have guessed that St. Louis won that game last yeah. week against Houston. Um, but um, yeah, definitely um, St. Louis is to win or, or lose, I should yeah, say. Yeah, St. Louis is game to lose for sure at home yep. against the team that goose egg last week. Yep. Um, all right, DC versus LA. Um, this is an interesting game. Um, I'm really interested to see how DC travels. Um, they had two, you know, first two weeks at home. They won pretty handily week two. A little bit out, of a pretty outright. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of a struggle in the first half against Seattle in in week one, but you know, put them away in in week two. Um, and uh, yeah, just really looking forward to see how you know Cardale looks. You know, on a you know, cross country flight and seeing how they do in LA. I think this out of all of the games, and I know this might be an unpopular opinion, but I could see, you know, this being a little bit of a trap game for DC on paper. It looks Absolutely. like they it's the should. closest one. Yeah, I think that they a lot of people are probably picking, you know, I don't know what the spread is. I don't know if you want to look that up, Mason. Yeah, I'll look um, it up for you. But um I think, you know, people are probably looking at oh this is a lock game for DC. Yeah, even uh, uh the betting odds here in uh, DC is favored by eight points, which oh, yeah. is huge i'd take that i'd take the uh i'd take the cover cats the to cover yeah, yeah on that one they're, but they're, um, they're gonna have least. to do a little more this week they've, they've yeah. i think it put up 17 points and 18 points so they're averaging just over 17 which i don't think it's gonna quite do it with the offense that the defenders have but uh i mean it's it's got a chance with them being at home to definitely be a little yeah. bit of a trap for dc and at least for people betting it'll be a trap definitely definitely yeah a lot of people probably just looking at that minus eight as a lock um but um yeah look for la to come out and play pissed off i think you know their their coach is pretty fiery and kind of demands that type of play and that type of you know um you know mentality going into all their their weeks with uh winston moss being you know as you know um boisterous as he kind of is um 
um, he's he's really I think got uh, got a light of fire under his guys this week and look at look for them to come out and you know they might not win at the game but I wouldn't be surprised if they were up at halftime and um, you know made this a little bit closer than uh, than a lot of people think it's going to be. Josh Johnson's got to tighten it up a little bit, which you know another game at home should you know he should have the, every opportunity to yeah. do that. Um, but yeah, really looking forward to see how DC travels. You know, going as far as they are, not going quite as far as Houston is to Tampa Bay for their first road start. So this is a that'll be an interesting one. This is one that I'm definitely watching. All right, so I think we're done with our preview. We will roll into our best bets for the week and uh, i think what we're gonna do is well let me just hit the drop first time for those best bets <laughs> oh, another one that one's staying <laughs> all right so um i i think i mean we're getting a late start yep. two weeks into the season but uh i think what we'll do is we'll just give our pick for each matchup our money line pick for the game We'll track it all year and see how we do, and then um, we'll just chime in with some over/under spread picks if we think they're worth it for the week. Yep. Uh, a little disclaimer: we're not gambling pros, yep. uh, just casual, yeah, casual betting here. Very important to do reiterate not that. take this as actual advice. Yeah. Um, this is not but what we'll do each week is review our bets from last week and go over what we think is going to happen this week. Um, so. Just I was just typing in here while Mark was talking there some of the spreads that have changed. Uh, but let's just start with the first game, Houston versus Tampa Bay. Um, Houston was uh, favored to win by five and a half points early in the week I, when we set up the show doc, and now it's six and a half points, so they're really thinking they're going to win. It looks like both of us picked Houston to win. I mean, yep. it's it, there's not a lot of explanation there. Yeah. Um, this one is my favorite one of the week. We got Dallas versus Seattle. So early in the week, Dallas was touted to win by four and a half points, and now it's down to four. So it's kind of settled a little bit. A lot of I think a lot of people betting that Seattle's gonna uh, have another chance at home with that atmosphere to win. Um, we may be swayed though. That's our local team. I think we we both pick Seattle here. Yeah, outright. Uh, they're not favored to win, but with that atmosphere and the line moving in that direction, they've definitely got a chance. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I definitely agree. I think the atmosphere is going to be something to contend with for Dallas. Um, I do think, you know, on paper and just the athletes that they have, Dallas is the better team. Yeah. But I do think that, you know, all things being equal, you still got to play the game. And I think Seattle has a great chance of coming out on top. You know, Tampa Bay was favored to beat Seattle right. as well last last week in Seattle, and we saw how that turned out. Um, you know, definitely, you know, I, I think this is more of a, a pick, you know, because we need to throw an underdog in there, and this is kind of right. the one that... There, uh, there's two this week. There's LA and Seattle, and yeah. both of them being at home have a chance. Yeah. I, I mean, in LA, at least to cover the spread, but Seattle to win the game for sure. Yeah. Um, the next game is St. Louis versus New York. Clearly, St. Louis is touted to win. Earlier in the week, it was um, them favored by eight and a half points. It's now up to ten, so mm-hmm. it's clear that the Battle Dome is going to take down New York. We both pick St. Louis to win. Yep, I I think there's no doubt. So Houston and St. Louis are no doubts this week for sure. Yeah, uh, and then the last game we've got DC versus LA. It's the only one where we disagree. I think DC is going to travel well and they're going to win. Mark had LA picked here. Yeah, um, DC's been favored all week by eight points to win. Any thoughts there, or is it just the I, uh, the I, home field advantage, the steadiness of the yeah, LA? Yeah, I think it's mostly just because 
this has entered into must-win territory for LA this early in the season. You know, ten-game season is not very long, so they're they do not want to get you know embarrassed at home two weeks in a row. Um, not to mention what it would do for their playoff chances, but I'm sure it wouldn't do uh, well for their fan base. You know, this right. early on to go zero and three in the inaugural season in a place where, um, you know, people football isn't quite a big deal. I mean, even the Rams and the the Chargers have trouble packing out their stadium, and the Rams have been traditionally an awesome. Uh, yeah, I saw I saw something years. on the XFL site today that. Uh, I don't know. I don't know which team it was, but one of the XFL teams, their tickets were reselling higher than the Rams were all season long. Yeah, yeah. So, so that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, not bit. at all. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, you know, I think this could be. You know, if if you're willing to be a little bit of a gambling man, which I am, I'll definitely throw in an extra underdog here to up my return at the end of the day. So um, yeah, if you want to throw LA in there, I wouldn't feel completely confident that it's a lock, but I would say like, Hey, there's a great chance here, you know, yeah. uh, for LA to come. There's and, absolutely uh, it, like, that's upset. one of the two games, the Seattle game and the LA game where the team that's not favored could win for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, the other bets that I, I had these two listed here. I don't know if Mark's got any input, but I had uh Houston cover in the, uh, the minus five and a half spread yeah, earlier like in the week, that. which if I would have bet it earlier in the week, it would have been great because now it's up to six and a half. Yep. Uh, and then Houston versus Tampa, the under 46. Tampa's hit the under each time. They haven't scored a touchdown yet. I mean, even if Houston puts up 35, you're still giving Tampa the opportunity to score, what, 11 points? It's not, I, I just yeah. don't see it happening. It's it's going to be the under. And then I just added in there right now that I think L.A. covering the, uh, the minus eight, the spread mm-hmm. at home is a good bet. I didn't think about that. Yeah. Yeah, I could definitely see that. I think we mentioned it even earlier before we even were talking about, you know, uh, spreads and whatnot. I think that the L.A. at the very least will keep it close. So, um, yeah, uh, they're not going to get shut out or anything like that. You know, no. Josh Johnson's going to have some things. And like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if they're up at halftime um, and definitely at least covering. Right. Um, but, yeah. I mean, I could see New York or the Vipers both getting shut out, but definitely the DCLA game, there's not going to be a goose egg. Yeah. Cool. Well, we're just over the hour mark. I think perfect timing. Beautiful. And we'll we'll keep it like this every week. Uh, any final thoughts? Uh, no, I think just kind of scanning. If you were looking for a couple of other best bets, um, I think the only other one that I would like, and you know, it, I know it's pretty low, but um, I mean, the under for St. Louis versus New York, uh, the line right now at forty-one, or the over/under mark, I should say, at forty-one. Yeah. Um, I, I mean. I don't see how New York really responds on the road to put up more than a. Yeah, that's going to be rough. I, I think they're. I think it's going to get a lot worse before it gets better for New York. And you know, that's sometimes that's just a, a product of the schedule. But um, you know, is what it is. But yeah, I think that uh, under at forty one, um, you know, could hit for sure. Cool. Well, uh, we'll take note of these and let me hit another one of these drops to uh, Exodus out of here, and yeah. uh, we'll see you guys next week. The XFL Fantasy Guys. Make that heat go away. Come on, get. Come on, girl, get. You just got jammed.